3: I have figured out that Jim Botsko has telepathic capabilities, and he just admitted that he is the responsible party for me losing the connection at the radio station. I know he lives about 15 miles away, but. I sent the dogs out, and I've called the police to have him surround our house to see if he's out there by the phone box or something like that.
4: Yeah, I
5: don't blame him. You started giving blame out him? your phone number. His I, did, phone number I, what, I, I know, but, you know, he didn't know. so.
3: He didn't know? You, you think he ran over here and you <laughs> touching us? <laughs> this probably means I'll have to buy tonight for dinner, right? Probably. Uh, that's okay, though. I would that's say okay. so. He's worth it. He's a good good friend. He's he, And I, I've said to you before, if I ever die in a car wreck, he needs to investigate the car wreck. Yep. And 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 I know that he'll say one of two things. Yeah. He'll say this is what happened and this is what caused the wreck or he'll say Mark was being a jerk. Yes. And that's th- and, but he's, he's That's
5: a- most likely what's going to oh, be nah, the
3: story. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. All righty. Let's go t- uh, you know what? Let's talk about quality transmission real quick because quality transmission is the only transmission shop in the East Valley that I will put my name behind. Quality is good. You know what they do really well? You drive your car over to quality, not on Monday mornings and Friday afternoons for obvious reasons, but you drive them and you say, I can make this happen. Would you come with me and let me show you what it's doing? And Bob or Steve will get in the car with you and go take a short ride. Then they're going to want to drive and they're going to run the transmission through its paces. And believe it or not, they know ways to make the transmission act up or not act up. And they're going to drag their foot on the brake pedal. They're going to manually shift the thing. They're going to start in low gear and manually shift it to second to third. So if you have a delayed shift or an early shift, they're going to ride, want to drive it themselves. And at the end of the day, when they come back, they're going to talk to you about the possibilities and they're going to narrow down. Then they're going to give you a window of probably how much it'll cost you. So they're going to do all that for free. They're not going to do any detailed diagnosis for free, but they are going to do what I just described. Drive it, watch you make it happen, try to make it happen themselves, and talk to you. That's no charge. Quality transmission. They've been around since 1977. They're on McClintock, north of University in Tempe, just south of the 202. David, thank you for holding. How can I help you today?
6: Yes, I got a uh, 2010 Jeep Rubicon, and I've, uh, pardon? Go ahead. And uh, it says a, I've replaced the uh, front passenger side um, regulator, and okay. it, it's been less than uh, six months, and the one I replaced it with is doing this, starting to go bad as well. And I replaced it with what they call an OEM. Did I make a mistake? Or can I buy a better replacement one than the OEM one?
3: No, no, really. This is a very common problem, not with Rubicons, but with just electric windows in general. Let me. T- I need a symptom, so tell me what it's doing when it's acting up.
6: Right now, you know how early on when, when the window starts to go bad? Basically, the last one what happened is, um, it, for some reason, the gearing seemed to have stripped. And, of course, just little pieces everywhere. The first time I cleaned everything up, and replaced it. Um, uh, right now, it's got the early symptoms of the window, like hesitating going up, you can... It's, it, you can, it sounds like a gear is starting
3: to to um, slip. You know what I'm saying? Okay. No, I, I don't, because that's not something that one of my technicians has walked in and said something about that. Is it possible that the windows not coming up and down straight? Is it possible that the window slightly cocked? When you raise the window up a quarter, up a half, up three quarters, and compare it to the driver's side window, are they both in the same attitude from front to back? That's what you need to do. Um, okay. The motor runs. The motor runs the regulator, and the regulator lifts and lowers the window. Uh huh. Um, if the motor, if the motor strips, then it typically doesn't move after that because the teeth are typically plastic in those motors. So when yeah. we break the gear or we wipe the motor out, then it's not going to move at all.
6: You know, it's you know, it's so, like a. a the table in there is spring loaded, you know, so it keeps okay. the tension on it, and it's okay. almost like it's stretching that spring a little bit. Does that make sense? And the wind is jerks. Well, let me let me. I go to my Jeep right now.
3: No, wait, wait, right wait, now. wait, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Let, listen to me here. The easiest thing for you to do is is if the driver's side is working perfectly, why don't you pull the door panel off the driver's side and compare everything to the passenger side. That's the easiest thing for you to do.
7: Okay, and
6: because it is, it's almost as if it's jamming. And when I installed it, I made sure everything was smooth. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Well,
3: did, well how many of regulators have you installed in your life?
6: Just one. <laughs>
3: okay, all right, and 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 I, you know, I applaud you for doing that. But but see, oh, wait, wait, when wait, wait I'm hold
6: gonna... on. Can you? I don't know if you'll be able to hear this. Hold on. Do
3: you hear that sound? Well, kind well of like a rattling sound. Some, yeah.
6: Let me put it back up.
3: OK, well, I'm not going to be able to fix it by listening to this. Listen to me, OK? When we, when we put a regulator in a window, one of the things that we always do is, is we leave the motor out of the equation. And we can put a drill motor on the regulator, or we can manually just lift it up and down with our hands. So we'll do basically what the motor does. It's imperative that you do that as well. The easiest thing to do on this is compared to the driver's side. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, you've got a perfectly good driver's side and all the adjustments and everything should look the same on the passenger side. It's a mirror image of the passenger side. So I won't be able to tell you by listening as you hold up your phone whether the, the, uh, the regulator is a misfit to the motor itself, but I doubt it. Um, and, and you're going to have to take the motor out and look at the gears to see if the teeth are chewed up or if the, if the gear itself is cracked or broken. And then you're going to have to look at the gear on the shaft of the motor to determine if the pin is still there because there is a pin there or some kind of a device that's going to allow the motor to stop working in any in event somebody's arm gets caught in the window rather than cut the, their arm off, the, the motor will quit. And and actually the gear will usually shatter and then the motor will spin but the window won't move any further. So that's what you're going to have to do. But it's probably just an adjustment in the way you installed it. It's probably still saveable, the fact that you said that it would still go up and down. So that would make a big difference. Hey Gil, how are we sounding at 9600? Okay, we're gonna stay here at six ninety six 9, hundred. Um, I'm keeping an eyeball on the uh, on my end. So if I drop you again, I'll just call you back and you just play some music. Do we have any other callers? Jack, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning?
6: Hi, Mark. I just have a simple Hi. question. I have a two thousand eight Nissan Titan pickup. I've got two hundred and fifty eight thousand three hundred miles on it. I've never had any issues with it. It runs as good today as the day I bought it. Question is. Uh, I've maintained it. Oil changed regularly. I changed the uh, belts and hoses maybe, I don't know, six months ago. And my question is, do I need to do anything? I, I don't want to get rid of it. It runs great. Is there any maintenance that I should do, like a timing chain? or? No.
3: I, I To determine whether it has a timing belt, if, first of all, I, I don't think I've ever seen a timing belt go 258,000 miles. So I'm thinking that you've got a chain. Um, you can well, actually no, it, is it is
6: a chain. It is a timing chain. Okay. So does right. that no, need you, to be replaced?
3: No. Typically what will happen is is the adjuster will go all the way out and the chain will start slapping the case inside the cover. And at that point you're going to hear it unless you got the stereo up real loud. But you're going to hear it. If you want to know if it's slapping the case already, then change your oil. And then when you get done with your oil, drive it a, drive it a thousand miles, take an oil sample, then driving another 1,000 miles, take an oil sample. You can find all kinds of places on the Internet. You can send it away, and you just tell them what kind of car it is, what kind of oil it is, and what the mileage interval is. And what you're looking for is a growth of metal. So usually uh, okay. the covers on your Toyota is aluminum. So if they say, hey, we had 257 uh, aluminum on the first oil sample, and now we have 357 on the second oil sample, there's a good chance that that chain slap slapping the case. But if both oil samples come up clean, because you have to have two to compare them to, if they both come up clean, then no, you, you don't have to. You don't have to do it. Stay on top of your fluids. That's the most important thing: the brake fluid, the power steering fluid, as needed, the transfer case, the front differential, the rear differential, if it's a four-wheel drive, and engine oil, and hoses and belts, and that's all that thing really takes. We're still going to be symptom-driven at 256,000 miles. If it's got a rough idle, we'll go find it and fix it. If it's got a miss, we'll go find it and fix it. But it's not going to do you any good to start replacing all the coils, all the wires, all the spark plugs, all the crank sensor, the cam sensor, and to go crazy on this thing because that's not money well spent. And there's going to be symptoms associated with many of the things that we've talked about. So as far as the chain is concerned. Now, another thing that you can do, you can't, but we can, we would take a spark plug out of it, and we'd put a dial indicator in on top of the piston. And then we would put a big breaker bar on the crankshaft, and we would rotate the crankshaft clockwise an inch, and then counterclockwise an inch, back and forth. You can, A, a seasoned veteran can literally feel the slop in the chain. Because you can imagine that if I'm going to take my bar and rotate it from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, then I'm going to go from 7 o'clock to 6 o'clock, I can feel a little bit of slop in that chain. Mm-hmm. as I go back and forth, but I can also see it on the dial indicator because the pistons stop moving. So I'm taking up slack in the chain and taking it away, giving it and taking it away. Yeah. So if you if you have someone do your spark plugs, you can say to them, when you have all the spark plugs out, would you see if you could feel any slop in the chain using the crankshaft um, nut on the front of the uh, harmonic balancer? And that's something that us gray-haired guys know how to do.
6: Yeah. Well, I've never had an issue with any of it. I just with that many miles, I thought maybe I should be doing something here soon, but if I don't have any symptoms, I'm just going to keep driving it.
3: Well, and, 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 and if you have an oil leak at the front of the motor, that's the time no. to do the timing ba- or the timing chain. Yes. So if you have any reason to go into the front of the motor, then go ahead and do the chain, the gears, the, the, the tensioner, um, the idler pulley, and the rails. They're going to have some rails in there the chain runs against. They're usually hard okay. plastic rails. So, you would do the entire thing, but that's going to, if if that happens, chances are you won't make the 500,000 mile mark, but at least you'll know the chain's good. Alrighty? <laughs>
6: well, I'm hoping to make 300,000. So.
1: Right. Alrighty. Well, I think, I think,
3: uh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Thank you very much, Jim, or Jack. Thank you very much. And that's a timing chain question. And the difference, folks, in the timing chain and the timing belt is one of them looks like a bicycle chain, and the other is a fan belt with teeth and the fan belt with teeth, we have to align a bunch of pulleys and synchronize the pulleys together. So the crankshaft and the camshaft have marks on them. And they say, okay, put the crankshaft mark at 12 o'clock, put the camshaft mark at 12 o'clock, and then put the belt on. That's not all we do. We have to rotate the engine by hand three turns to the right, three turns to the left, and then recheck our marks because you, you, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds to just line up those two marks. So once you rotate the motor three turns left and three turns right, you check your marks again, and, oh, I'm off a tooth. You keep doing that till every test is the same, and that's how we do it in the big boy world. Anyway, 602 508 The lines are right open. We'll be right back.
0: Bill Bennett doesn't agree with the President's view of Islam. Whoever wants to enter paradise, the Prophet Muhammad
8: taught, let him treat people the way he would love to be treated. The problem is that uh, when people
3: go around killing all these uh, innocent people, they do this "Allahu Akbar thing and um, praise Allah.
6: That's, that's the problem.
3: And I did think that Islam did not mean peace. I thought it meant
0: submission. Weekday mornings at 4, right before Mike Gallagher at 7, on Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB Online. They're proud of their a rating. They have ASE-certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. Thunderbirdautomotive.com.
4: Maybe it's time to take a fresh look at everything we thought we knew about landing a great job. For instance, what if phenomenal careers start at the middle school science fair instead of at the job fair? If being the captain of the robotics team means just as much on a college application as being captain of the football team. And if knowing the quadratic formula is every bit as important as knowing the right people. Well, the fact is, the jobs of the future will be heavily geared towards science, technology, engineering, and math. In other words, the future is STEM. More opportunities, better pay. And the road to these great jobs starts as early as middle school. So if you're a student, Talk to your school counselor about STEM. If you're a parent, talk to your kids, because the job you'll get in the future may very well depend on what you do today. A public service message from America's Navy.
5: Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older.
0: There is, but you actually have to be
5: 65. Very flattering. Thanks. I'm Judith Light. You know who I am, right? I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age, and I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people. Well, I don't think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65. Okay, what if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. Nope? How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Flu season is here and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can worsen with the flu. I'm so
0: sorry about that. I thought you were like 35.
5: Don't apologize. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org slash flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older.
0: If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Looking for a radio station that actually cares about real news? There's only one station for you, 960 The Patriot and 960thepatriot.com.
2: Welcome good. back, everybody.
8: Oh,
3: today has just been a tough day. My phone is blowing up. People are threatening my life, and I'm going to have to call the police, right? <laughs> <laughs> Half of your you friends, think. my friends. <laughs> well, well no. I mean, they're 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 friends of ours, but right. they're siding with you. That's right. And that's just not fair, and that's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no yeah. <laughs> thank you. Did you hear Gil? You I go, did. Nice save. You're right. <laughs> hey, Gil. Thank you very much for working through this thing. I'm going to drop my level just a little bit. You bring it back up, and I think we'll. You're back. Okay. Action Auto is located at I-17 and Bell. I-17. I-17 and Bell. I-17 in Deer Valley. It's the northwest corner. It's owned by Tom, and I've known Tom since 1979. Tom is a really good guy. He's honest. He's dependable. He tells the truth. He has a great BMW technician, and he's not going to tell you lies about what your car needs or what needs to be done. I've heard him say many times to customers, you don't need this right now. This isn't going to break you down. This is something you can wait on until the beginning of next summer or the beginning of next winter. Those kinds of words come out of his mouth. So if you, even if you have a repair shop in the area of I-17 in Deer Valley and you want to try somebody and just do a comparison, maybe an oil change, then please try Action Auto Repair, I-17 in Deer Valley. All right, let's go to the phones. Derek, good morning. Derek, how can I help you?
1: Hi, Mark. I got a question about a 2007 Dodge Dakota. Uh, The problem I've been having for the last couple of years, uh, the PCM, I think, is the the problem. What I keep getting is the uh, 420 and 430 error codes and then uh, random misfires uh, telling me there's a catalytic converter problem. It's not isolated to one side or the other. It's always both of them. So I took it into a recommended shop and to do a diagnosis they told me i had the wrong spark plugs and once i replaced those they said i had to replace the oxygen sensor so I went ahead and did that and turned out that i ended up replacing all four oxygen sensors with the mopar you know that i got from the dealership and the problem is i've been kind of fighting with it on and off and it what i've come down to is the pcm Overheating. Of course it's in the engine compartment, which never really made sense to me. And once it starts heating up like it is now getting up to about eighty degrees outside, I get the random misfires, it runs kinda of crummy, and I still get the four twenty and four thirty error codes. And so What's I decided four
3: twenty you know, and four thirty say.
1: It's the catalyst uh, below efficiency. efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I had okay. done because you know, just going through all this stuff, I didn't want to keep throwing money at it. I kind of myself thought the the PCM was rather hot. So what I was doing was I was uh, keeping an ice chest full of ice and some Ziploc bags, and I was packing ice on the on the PCM, and it would work fine. So that pretty much told me that, you know, the the PCM's overheating and the solder joints or something inside of it are working loose. And dealership I think wants seven or eight hundred bucks for it. So I found some places that had uh you know, re- remanufactured, where they go in and okay. fix the solder joints and these places say, "Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a constant problem with these things." But you know, it—I replace it. I've done it twice.
3: Okay. And I don't well, what's the PCM. question, though? What's the question? Let's get to the question. It's, what? Okay. What is is, it? Want, want me to help you?
1: Is it? Does is that a common thing for the PCMs to to overheat? I mean, is it, have you guys come across that? Uh, you know, giving these I've only random seen one misfires. PCM.
3: I've only seen one PCM in 37 years that made a difference on how it ran between the freezer and the car. Okay. And I don't agree with your diagnosis, and I don't agree with where you where you got where you're going. I don't agree with anything. Okay. Um, I don't agree that you have PCM issues. Um, I had a Ford truck brought in the other day by a dealership, and they said, "Oh, it's a PCM issue," and uh, we fixed it without putting a PCM in it. I'm not going to tell you how, because I'm not going to tell them either. But the idea is, is um, I probably replace two PCMs a year in 10,000 cars. And I can tell you right now, random misfires is not a code for, for a PCM. It's just not. So when you have a random misfire, what's going on is, is that the computer is seeing, and, and it's talking about catalytic converter efficiency. So I should see a rich mixture coming in the front of the cat, and I should see a lean mixture coming out of the back of the cat. And I don't care if you have oxygen sensors from Jesus Christ himself. I don't care if they're from Mopar, I don't care if they're from Nip and Denso, I don't care if they're a Delco, I don't care. You need to monitor the front and the back side of that catalytic converter and see if it's lighting. You need to take the temperature of that. You need to know what you're doing because if it's seeing that it's coming in rich and going out rich, then it's going to set a catalytic converter efficiency code. That's all there is to it. As far as misfires are concerned, the very first thing you do on a misfire, if it's a a number one cylinder misfire, then that's a hard one to do because the cam and the crank sensor all key off number one. So if number one's misfiring, then your number sequence is completely off on almost every car. But if you're lucky, it's not number one, it's number three. So you take the coil off number three and put it on four, put the four on three, you switch the wires, you switch the spark plugs, there is a process you go through. So I don't know if all of this stuff has done been done, but I, can, I mean, you'll agree, you have to agree with me on this, Derek. You've got a car that you spent a whole lot of money on, and you haven't fixed it, and now you're thinking about and then you can't just buy a remanufactured PCM or a computer for your car. You have to install it in the car, and then you have to pay somebody 125 dollars to reflash it. So it has to be told what the VIN number is of your car, and you have to go to the cloud to get the software from Chrysler and bring it down and and talk to your thing. The cost on that cost me $75 for the privilege of accessing the cloud, and it's going to cost me $25 worth of technician's time. So there's $100, and I'm charging $125. It's not like I'm making a killing reflashing computers. So I think you need to change your shop. Um, if you want to pack ice on it and that seems to help you, then sure, go ahead. But I've never seen a PC with a, it, with a random misfire with a solder joint problem a- and the solder joint problem typically wipes out a power or a ground circuit and the engine dies. And The one that we did, we would stick in the freezer and we'd take it out and drive it and we could drive it for a very long time before it would die. But if we didn't stick it in the freezer, we waited till 10 o'clock in the morning when it was a good hot day, we'd make it about a block and a half. So then at that point, we replaced it, and and we were done. But I told them it was a guess, and I told them it was going to cost them a lot of money. I wasn't going to spend my money, but this is what we did, and this is a guess. I cannot definitively say this is going to fix your problem. And, uh, and <laughs> through the grace of God, it fixed your problem <laughs> because I didn't want to buy that PCM. But anyway, I think you need to change the random misfire and the, uh, and the, uh, the catalytic converter e- efficiency. I would do the random misfire first, fix that one and see if your catalytic converter efficiency corrects itself. Because a random misfire means that there's raw fuel being sent from a cylinder into the exhaust, and it's not being consumed because there's a misfire. Once we shut that raw fuel off, then the, con- the catalytic converter efficiency should clean up. Where coming in is rich, going out is lame, boom, we're there. So, you, um, you know, I can tell you unequivocally there's, there's shops in town, that would have diagnosed this the first time for between a hundred and two hundred fifty dollars and i think you spent a lot more than that but good luck to you Garrick. Good good luck to you Derek and Charlie you stay right there because I'm going to get you in about another two and a half minutes The lines are open, Charlie's first, but 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, the lines are wide open. If you have a car question or a concern or something like that, I'll do my best to give you a hand. Again, that number is 602-508-0960. My name is Mark Salem. This is 960 The Patriot every Saturday from 10 o'clock in the morning till noon. We're here answering car questions.
8: This is Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. Over the years, we've noticed we get two types of customers. One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem, and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicle so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service, Won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair? The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement, a plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis sachs She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot.
3: Is your driveway, pool, deck, patio, or sidewalk old and cracked? Save money and don't tear it out. Cover it with Enviro Rubber Paving. Poured in place and proven over 15 years to provide a cooler, strong, durable, and safe surface for parking, walking, playing, and even running. Enviro Rubber Paving can solve your broken concrete and asphalt problems in just one day. Call 1-800-919-5945 or visit Enviropaving.com. That's 1-800-919-5945 or click Enviropaving.com. Franchise is now
5: available in the Phoenix area. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults, and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30.
2: Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning
5: doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. Yeah. Congrats. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology.
3: Welcome back, everybody, 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and uh, let me tell you real quick about Automatic Transmission Exchange. Phil, who owns Automatic Transmission Exchange, has been in business on Washington Street, 40th Street in Washington, since 1968. Phil is one of two transmission experts that has been around for so long that they recognize the very first automatic transmissions all the way through the power glides and then all the way to brand new computerized 7 and 8 speed transmissions. The fundamentals are still the same. It's how we shift your car electronically, hydraulically. Phil can explain all that. Phil knows what he's talking about. He has a great staff. They do great diagnostic work. They do great repair work. And he's been around it for a long time. So if you've driven down 40th Street in Washington for any length of time, perhaps on your way to work or back, you'll look at 40th Street in Washington and see Automatic Transmission Exchange. They've been there a long time. They're also open on Saturdays 8 to 2 for your convenience. Automatic transmission exchange. Let's go to the phones, Charlie. Thank you for holding. How can I help you, Charlie?
7: I hope you don't think I'm too stupid, Mark. I guess this is a goofy question. Um, I've got mm-hmm. a 99. I've got a 99 Subaru, and if I were to spend, say, five, six thousand dollars on a new, reliable engine, it's the little four banger, and a rebuilt transmission, so the, the drive train it would be reliable for, say, maybe 100,000 miles. And because the reason i ask asking the question is because I don't know what I could get It's going to be reliable for 100,000 miles buying a used, another used car for $6,000. Does that sound goofy?
3: No. Let me, let me put it in a different factor. I'm, I have a okay. calculator here, and I'm going to do 6,000, and I'm going to divide it by 300, okay? Yeah. If you put the engine transmission package in there for $6,000... That car doesn't owe you, owe you anything after 20 months. It
7: okay.
3: doesn't owe you anything and I'll tell you how I figured that out. I think any car is worth $300 a month to drive because you can't rent a car for $300 a month. You can hardly rent a car for $300 a week. So I'm going to yeah. assign a value to that car at $300 a month. So here's, here's, my, here's my answer to you. You give me the $6,000 and, and, and I'll put the six thousand dollars in your Subaru, and you just pay me three hundred dollars a month to drive the car for twenty months. So I'm kind of like financing it for you. And at the end of the twenty months, that car doesn't owe you nothing. Now you get you get to put that three hundred dollars in your pocket for the next twenty months, thirty months, forty months, whatever. Does that make sense to you?
7: Yeah, it really does. My my question would be though, is that with that, that amount of money buy me a really reliable drivetrain.
3: Yes, if as long as you get a warranty with it and it's a company you mm-hmm. can find on the internet and that you 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 search the review section for that particular company, there's only three big bills on a car or a truck, engine, transmission, and air conditioning system, and I'll add a fourth one, the ABS system. Those are the four big bills that people really swallow hard on. You're covering two of them right off the bat, the engine and the transmission. So, I can't look in the future and tell you that you're not going to have uh, the alternator fail or you're not going to have a exhaust system malfunction where the muffler guts come out or the catalytic converter fails. I, I can't do that. I can only tell, only tell you that if you buy a new car, that $6,000 won't even cover the sales tax and the license plates of your new car. Or the get curious. close. That's All true, right? Yeah. So, and, and, and so... Look at it from a 20 month. The car's saying, "Hey, why don't you spend $300 over the next 20 months, and I'm going to have a brand new motor and a new transmission." I think that's a good deal. I'm not trying. You know, if you want to buy a new car, and if the wife overrules us, that's that's the way it is. But to fix your old car, it's always a matter a matter of math. It's just math. And $300 divided by six thousand divided by $300 is 20 months, and you're home free. Every month after that, it's like so. If you drive it 40 months, the first three you pay $300 a month. Then the, the first tw- tw- 20 months you pay $300 a month. The second 20 months you get to put $300 in your pocket because you didn't have to spend it on the car. <laughs> does that make sense to you? It really does. Okay. Could, I, I,
7: could go? Ahead, let me one quick question about the engines. Okay. Could could I get? I want to do it locally. You know, you guys are auto, you know, quality transmits somebody like that. Because okay. I trust you, could I get a rebuilt engine that would go 100,000 miles at the price of say yes. S3, 000, three thousand thirty-five hundred on a little uh, Subaru four banger?
3: Okay, you're going to get a good quality engine and a transmission for that six thousand dollars that you talked about, and if you do them together, there's a significant savings in pulling out the, the transaxle and the transmission and the engine all at the same time and setting them on a couple of sawhorses. So the answer is yes. Just get get a warranty, get a written warranty, do a little research, call the Better Business Bureau in the city where the engine is remanufactured. Ask the, ask the client for that information. Do your homework. We use Jasper as our first line, and we don't have any problem with Jasper. The problems that we do have with Jasper, they fix. We had a 390. We had a custom-built 390. That thing drank oil like crazy. They paid the rental car bill. They paid us to put a new engine in it. They gave them a new engine. They paid all the bills on the whole thing. The customer wasn't out anything. And I was pretty surprised. And I was pretty proud that they stood up for that. Now, there's other manufacturers I could buy motors from that would never do that. It's always my fault. Whatever happens, it's my fault. And actually, on this 390 motor, they had bored one cylinder incorrectly, and instead of being perfectly round, it was egg-shaped. And they even admitted that. So I'm pretty proud of my relationship with Jasper. I would suggest you look at them for the engine and maybe even the transmission. The other possibility is this. You don't do the transmission. Is it? And I don't know if you're still there. Is it an automatic or a standard? Automatic. Uh, has it ever been done ever before?
7: I'm not real sure. I bought it used. Um, okay. I was, to, I was told a lot of stuff about it, which I don't believe anymore. So I really need, right. I need well, to I... start. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah. If... If I were you and it shifts nice and crisp and it doesn't change its shift pattern when it gets hot to cold or cold to hot, I'd probably just do the engine and I would just roll the dice with the transmission. To be perfectly honest with you, Subaru transmissions are not... Something that I've replaced, I may have done three in thirty some years, but I want to tell you the Subaru is a one percent car. One percent of the cars on the road are Subarus, so it's not like a Chevy, a Ford, a Dodge, a Chrysler, uh, a Honda, or a Toyota. So Subaru is just called we we'll call it a one percenter. So I got to run, but thank you very much for tra- trusting me with that
8: question. Harry, you stay there. We'll be right back right after this. Hello, I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran Quality Transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is when you bring your car or truck to Quality Transmission in Tempe.
0: You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their a rating. They have ASE-certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. Thunderbirdautomotive.com.
2: Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. To get two free tickets to THAN's workshop, call 1-800-720-6694.
0: Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also reserve a free copy of THAN's Money for Deals guide. That's 1-800-720-6694. That's 1-800-720-6694. If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today.
2: Looking to see what's up
0: next on The Hugh Hewitt Show? Like 960 The Patriot on Facebook for daily show updates.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Let's see. It's 45 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock, 15 more minutes to go. And uh, let me tell you real quick about IMM Auto Service. David Enriquez, who owns IMM Auto Service, has been in business since 1972. He's one of the guys that I refer to on a somewhat regular basis because he works on cars that we simply don't have a grasp on. Now, we can do oil changes like everybody else can, but when you have a Volvo, a Saab, a Fiat, or an Alfa Romeo, And every time you turn on the right turn signal, the air conditioning quits. You better go to somebody who's worked on that car before. You better go to somebody who can smile and says, I fixed that before. That's exactly what IMM is good for. Now, he does domestics and import cars. There's no problem, but he specializes in Volvo, Saab, Fiats, and Alfa Romeos. He's got ASE Master Technicians. He's a good guy. He's honest, dependable, and he's one of the guys that's been on our list a very long time, the best car repair shop's list. So that's IMM Auto Service in the northeast portion of Tempe, just south of the 202, west of the 101. All righty. Harry, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning?
8: Good morning, Mark. I hope you had a good, uh, enjoyable time on your cruise with the boss. Didn't hear you comment well the, it, y- sure
3: it was. hey you know i'm, I'm not going to comment anything I, I like to point about with the boss that's true but um <laughs> it, uh it was it was uh, just a you know i don't know have you been on a cruise lately harry no no
6: well, I've let me never tell you been something. on a cruise
3: the, <laughs> yeah the boat i was on was 200 feet longer than the titanic the <laughs> titanic had 2000 passengers and people uh, and crew, and this place they had five thousand passengers and crew. Whoa! And um, it was it was like going to the mall 24/7. People <laughs> were running down the, up and down the aisles at nighttime. People were in the hot tub outside of our window at 24/7. Um, and it wow. was it was a beautiful trip, though <laughs> Harry. I just enjoyed spending that time with my wife. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Go ahead. What's up?
8: Hey, I was uh, wondering, you were talking about uh, uh, disconnecting your battery and losing your presets on your uh, vehicle, you know, when when you do that. And uh,
6: uh-huh.
8: it used to be a little deal. I think I you had mentioned it years ago where you plug it into your cigarette lighter it has a little 9-volt battery and it's supposed to hold your uh, your presets. And I, I, I had used it on a, uh, my 2000. 2000- seem to work, but I have a newer vehicle, and I was just wondering if, if those were a good thing to use, if you do change a battery and you don't want to lose your presets, or what?
3: You, you know, you're exactly right. You bring up a, a deficiency. Um, I should have given that. Folks, what Harry's talking about is is that if you take this little cigarette lighter plug-in device and you plug in a 9-volt battery to it, you plug it into your cigarette lighter, and it's at that point, you disconnect the battery Um the negative cable of the battery because you want to clear codes because you've been working on your car and you want to see if the check engine light will reset. The 9-volt battery gives the PCM enough electricity to maintain all your settings for your seats and your climate control and your steering and all all the stuff that you would normally set for yourself, your radio stations. Um, Once we drop the computer below 10 volts, typically that's what we need to see zero. Harry to answer your question, I haven't done a new car, a three year old car um on using those devices yet, so I don't know if they're going to work or not, but they have been working on cars I would say from two thousand twelve and south of there, okay. so you have to figure that I'm not going to see a car the newer cars for at least the first three years while they're out of while they're in warranty, and then the independent chefs like myself will will see them after that. But you bring up a good point. That's something you could buy at uh, an Pep O'Reilly's. Boys. Pep Boys, yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's a nice device to have so that you don't have to. Otherwise, if you know that you're going to lose all your radio station presets, it's just a matter of writing them all down and then resetting them. But as you and I both know, that could take two hours for us uh, <laughs> technically challenged guys.
6: That's true. Maybe longer.
3: So, Yeah, or maybe longer. Well, thank you for that, Harry. Okay, thank, thank you very you. much. You betcha. And Rob, you're up next, Rob. How can I help you this morning?
7: Is it Bob or Rob?
3: Um, it's 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 you. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Hey, I got a simple question. My daughter has a 99 Isuzu. I think the recommendation is 3,000 miles on the oil change. Can I go to five? Is that any big deal? And can I, if so can I even change the synthetic on that
3: well you bring up a great point there's three kinds of oils on the market there's conventional and that has a three to five thousand mile oil change interval a blended oil which is some portion of synthetic and some portion of conventional no one will tell you what the split is but let's just call it a blended oil that goes from five to seven thousand miles and synthetic starts at eight thousand miles and goes to twelve so I had this question just the other day. We were uh, here up at the ranch and somebody was talking about oil changes and they said, what what do you do? And I said, I just need to know what oil you want to use. The guy had, he only drove 5,000 miles a year and he was having his oil changed twice and I said, why? Just use a semi-synthetic and just do it once and I would do it right before the summer or the winter. So if you were going to do that and you wanted to do a 5,000 annual interval. I'd put a semi-synthetic or a good conventional or a semi-synthetic in her, and I would have her change the oil in April or May just before the really blistering hot weather so that she goes through the summertime with a full crankcase of fresh oil. That's how I would do it if, if that's your concern.
7: Okay, she drives about ten to 12,000 miles a year.
3: Okay, so how about we do this? How about we do 6,000-mile intervals on a blended oil, and we can get her the twelve so she does it once in april or may and then she does it in november real before it gets cold if it really gets cold in phoenix so so we're going to split it we're going to do every six months and we're going to use a blended oil the only thing i want you to remind her is is that at least when she gets towards the close end of her six months every other oil change can we pull the stick and look at it and don't add oil until it gets to the ad marker below the ad mark i just lose confidence in even my own kids, that they're going to pull the stick, or are they just going to go eight thousand miles without pulling the stick? And and then it comes in like little Hondas, they got a four quart system, and they come in and they've got one and a half quarts in the engine. Oh yeah. And, um, I, I I don't like that idea. So if it, if the Azuzu has a history of oil consumption, you need to arrange with her to to check that on a regular basis, or you know, for boyfriends got hairy chest, have him do it.
7: Okay. Okay. Thank you much, Mark. Have a great weekend. All
3: right. You. You bet. Thank you very much.
4: Does he have to have a hairy chest to check it, or can it... I was trying to a draw
3: a mental picture,
4: okay? I'm
3: sure, and I'm showing my age because there's a lot of women that are going, hairy chests are gross, right?
4: Well, yeah, and maybe you didn't get one. Like, you didn't get one until you were 40, maybe. <laughs> so, we're going to get 50? personal. Is that what I we're going to do? Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, you know what? Let's
3: talk about the hair on your back. <laughs>
4: Very funny. Okay, all right.
3: I just wanted to draw a picture of of her boyfriend, kind of being manly, okay. and uh, and perhaps he would raise his hand and and say, "This, you know, this isn't working out. You're doing it on the radio with me because well, you're, you're 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 then you're,
5: you're insinuating that maybe she can't do it herself.
4: So I don't know. No,
3: no, <laughs> I, I you you know me better than that. I'm not insinuating she can't do it herself. I, I'm saying. It. Maybe uh, if she had a boyfriend and he was a manly kind of guy, maybe he would be more dependable or he would be there to...
4: Oh, boy, wait you're minute,
5: getting deep. <laughs> he, he's,
3: he would be there to, to remind her where dad's not. Maybe she's going to school at NAU or U of A. God help her if she's going to U of A. Anyway, maybe she's going down there and maybe this guy will accept the responsibility to say, hey, I think, you know, have you checked your oil honey lately? Kind of like the way I did for you.
4: Uh, no. <laughs> yeah.
3: I remember one time, you took my Mustang with a bunch of girlfriends, and you called me and said the throttle broke, and the car wouldn't run. It would idle, but you couldn't drive it, and it was a three-speed.
4: And I don't it, remember that.
3: Oh, yeah, no, no. I remember going there and just putting this E-clip back on the throttle linkage and having you go away. I remember bailing you out a lot. Really? When we were in high
4: school. okay. A lot. Whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> who? who t- Let me ask you this question. Mrs. Car Wife car guy's wife. <laughs> you drove the Corvette with a stick shift three blocks from the shop to our
4: house. Right.
3: How many times did it die?
4: <laughs> That's unfair. I haven't driven a stick shift for a long time and that car is very fast. Maybe twice. Oh, uh, How many times did it die in three blocks? Maybe twice. Maybe twice? It was only when I was stopped and taken off. It was okay. <laughs>
3: okay. I'm just teasing you. Yeah, just teasing fair you.
4: I
7: Oh,
3: God. Well, by the way, that Corvette is still for sale. It's a... It's a 2006 Z06, which is a hot rod car to begin with. Then my son and I put twin turbos on it, which makes this car rocket ship fast. And um, I am going to sell the car, and I'm going to, to be honest with you. It's the most wicked. It's the fastest car. It's the most powerful car I've ever driven in my entire life. It's it is a, it is scary. I loaned it, and I won't even say his name, but he's a Chandler policeman, and he wanted to take his daughter to the father-daughter dance, and he said, hey, and he's a good friend of mine, and he's a kid that worked for me, too, so he says, hey, can I use the Corvette and surprise my daughter? And I said, absolutely. So he went and got it, and he brings it back, and, and I said, did the car scare you? And his eyes rolled back in his head, and he goes, that car is unbelievable. He says, you just have no idea. When you hit 4,200 RPM, boom, all hell breaks loose, and it's Katie bar the door. It just feels like you got hit in the rear end by a locomotive doing 200 miles an hour. He said. He says I, I never ever jumped on it to the floor because I was scared to. And yeah. and and he's a manly guy. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. I don't know if he's got a hairy chest or not, but yeah, he's a manly guy. Exactly. But anyway. The car is $42,500. It's black-on-black. Black. It's loaded. It's a six-speed. It gets 32 miles to the gallon. Alan just drove it to uh, Rio Rico to do a golf tournament with some of his vendors, and he got 32 miles to the gallon on to Rio Rico and back to Tempe. And it, it's beautiful car inside and out. It's undamaged. It's a perf- pristine car. But if you, it, it, I, I want to tell you something. This is not a car that you're going to let your 16-year-old son take it on a drive without you sitting next to him and having a tennis racket in your hand to hit him in the head when he, when he nails the throttle. I which won't even
4: ride in it with you. I'll only drive it myself. I could have gone all day <laughs> long without you saying
3: something like that. Let uh, me ask you a question. Have I ever hurt you in a car? Have you ever been hurt no, in a car? Have I'm I not, not wrecked...
4: taken any chances. Have
3: I, <laughs> have I even ever wrecked a car?
5: Yes, you have.
3: Who? Which one?
5: The Suburban.
3: That and, doesn't count. And that was, that was a pri- That was a private property accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a. will tell you the Suburban story because it is kind of a funny story. Not really. My, <laughs> yes, it is. My youngest daughter, Andy, is sitting in the seat, and I have a Suburban with a 454 Chevrolet motor. I put a blower on it. So we're at the car wash next door to our shop, and it's wet. And I would say to the kids, let's take a spin around the car wash. And I'd pull the Suburban in, and I'd just throttle it up, and I'd do a couple of Brodies on the wet concrete in front of the car wash. So that was called taking a spin through the car wash. We did that for years. So Renee's sitting there waiting, and we're on our way after a volleyball game to go, and I take Andy through the car wash, get the tires wet. I do a spin. The tires (laughs) dried off a little faster than I thought they would. And the next thing I know, the Suburban hits a pipe... A Ballard in the road, and the nose of the Suburban goes up a wall, and now the Suburban is straight up and down. And I think the damage was in excess of $15,000.
4: So oh, way too much. And I think that might be child abuse. What do you guys think? Oh, sure. <laughs>
3: so we, Andy would be my first. So we, I get the Suburban off the pole. We pull it over to the side of the parking lot. The next morning when I come to work, my staff has circled it with cones and crime tape. And uh, so anyway, I put it back together, and I sold it, and that's the only crash I've ever had. And, and the airbags didn't go off, and no one got hurt. Luckily. <laughs>
4: you were but, just lucky.
3: But at that point, every time I said to the kids, let's go take a spin around the car wash, Andy's door was open, and she was bailing. Right. And the I other kids would me. laugh at her.
4: But, I didn't like watching it either.
3: Oh, honey. You know what? If if, if if you play by the rules, you miss all the fun. Just remember, that's my motto. If you play by the rules, you miss all the fun. That's right. Okay. Alrighty, folks. My, at, my email address is mark at You're welcome to call me or email me anytime you want. I answer all those questions myself. It's mark at marksalem.com. Mark at marksalem.com. Please wear your seatbelt. God bless you. Please drive safely, and I'll see you next Saturday right here on 960.